But before we do that, I want to introduce you to something. So you want to put that first slide up? It's coming. Okay. Uh, does anybody know what this is? You know what this is? You love them. Okay. Uh, how many of you have never eaten Cracker Jacks? Put your hands up. I want to see. Everyone in this room has eaten Cracker Jacks? As a young person. Cody, did you ever eat a Cracker Jack? No. Okay. I have a special treat for you if you've never eaten them and you don't want to be honest. I got a whole bowl full of Cracker Jacks. Uh, over there on the table. So after church is over, you can all sample some Cracker Jacks. If you haven't had any since you were 10 years old, this might be a great reminder. But I want to tell you about Cracker Jacks. You probably don't know this. Cracker Jacks is the first junk food in America. And their claim was, the more you eat, the more you want. Now, I got to tell you this. Um, after I decided I should buy some Cracker Jacks for everybody, so I happened to be at Walmart yesterday picking up some Cracker Jacks, and the guy in front of me has three packages of Cracker Jacks. They don't come that way anymore. They come in bags now. And he's got three of them in his grocery cart. I'm like, I can't believe this guy has got these in it. So I, I said to his wife, who, who eats those things? And she said, he does. So I stopped him, and I said, what, 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 have you been eating these for a long time? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, I love them. I can't get enough of them. Yeah, it's, you got three bags of them there, you know. <clears throat> so I said, well, do you know when Cracker Jacks were introduced to America? <clears throat> he looked like he was about 40 years old. He said to me, uh, well, let me think about that for a minute, <clears throat> the bright guy. He said, yeah, I'd say 1940. Would that be a pretty good guess? You ready for this? 1876. 1876. That's when this came out. And old Captain Jack. Anybody know his dog's name? Bingo. Captain Jack and Bingo came on the scene. I have a reason for telling you all this. Now, to make... Well, we're getting there. It didn't go very far in 1896, but in 1908, in 1908, somebody wrote some music called Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Have you all sung this song? You know the song, right? You want to come up and sing it with me? No, 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 no. no. Take me out to the ball game. Feed me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. Caramel-covered peanuts and popcorn. And in 1908, man, they went sky high because Take Me Out to the Ball Game became a big hit. Most of, us, you, most of us in this room that are a little bit older know that song. Then the amazing thing happened. In 1912, they put a prize in every box of Cracker Jack. Now, I don't know who gave me the first Cracker Jacks. 
I know it wasn't my mother or my father. <laughs> Somebody allowed me to taste Cracker Jacks, and I love them. All I wanted were Cracker Jacks. I would beg for Cracker Jacks. Please, Mom, buy Cracker Jacks. No. Just one box of Cracker Jacks. No. <clears throat> I would get Cracker Jacks at my friend's house. I had to have Cracker Jacks. I love Cracker Jacks. And the older it got, the more I thought, you know, <clears throat> if you want a philosophy of life, it's Cracker Jacks. What a great way to live. Sugary, sweet caramel over peanuts and popcorn. Can it get any better than this? And then they put a prize in the box. <laughs> I mean, what if every day of life was like this? You'd wake up in the morning and it would be Cracker Jacks. And the prize would be there. Has anybody lived the Cracker Jack life? <laughs> Probably not. It's a great thought, though, and I want you to think about that thought as we finish this last prophet and the last word from God for 400 years. Little review, very quickly. We looked at two chapters in Malachi. They were pretty simple to understand. The first chapter, God said through Malachi, I have this against you. You are just going through the motions. You are making sacrifices to me, but they're not good sacrifices. You displease me in your sacrifices. You just go through the motions. Chapter 2 of Malachi, plus and minus a few bit here and there. Chapter 2, God said, I also have this against you. Not only do you displease me with your sacrifice, but also you break your promises. You break your promise to me, the living God, and you break your promises to one another. And when I try to tell you about it, says the Lord, all you do is whine and complain. Now that's where we left off. Now the assignment for today, please note it's the assignment. This is not Ron's selection here. The powers that be said this is what you are supposed to speak on. Here they are, okay? Chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Don't ask me why they jumped there. I read the whole thing. but And then chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Now, Pastor James told me that I had the prerogative to change anything I wanted to change. So even though chapter 4, verses 1 to 2 is in your outline this morning, I'm not going to talk about it. And when we get there, I'll tell you why. So we're going to skip that part, Okay. So are we all ready to have Cracker Jacks applied to Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament? Now let me tell you up front, this part of Malachi is not as simple and easy to understand as the other chapters, because this is about the prophetic future. And when you start to talk about the prophetic future, things get really murky. And the further we go, you'll see how murky it gets. Okay? So stay with me. Here is the first thing that Malachi has to say. There is some change coming, and it's a who is coming. Chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger. 
And he, my messenger, will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Folks, that's Cracker Jack. Can't get any better than that. Malachi says to the nation of Israel, there is a messenger coming. And the messenger will introduce the Lord God's Messiah. And things will be good. Yes, it's Cracker Jack Day coming. Then he goes on. After we have the explanation that the messenger, most people think, is someone named Elijah. Because in chapter 4, verse 5, which we're not covering... In chapter 4, verse 5, Malachi says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Now all you have to do is read your New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of John, and this Elijah is identified in the Gospels as the one that we know as John the Baptizer. So here is a promise. A promise that what's coming is a messenger who will introduce the Messiah. We got that part? And it's good. That's Cracker Jack stuff. Now, nobody bothers to tell Malachi that that's 400 years away. Okay? We know that. But nobody told him. Doesn't tell us that. Okay? Now, not only is there a who is coming, but there is a what is coming along with this person. Chapter 3, verse 2. Who can endure the day of his coming? This does not sound like Cracker Jack. Who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He is like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap. Now, whatever that is, doesn't sound good. Like a refiner's fire and fuller's soap or lye. Yeah, I noticed uh, this year when I got my barbecue grill out that there's a lot of rust on the grill. And I thought, you know, I don't think that's very good to eat food that got cooked on rust. So I looked up online how you get rid of rust on your barbecue grill. You know what it said? Turn the heat up on the barbecue grill as high as you can and just burn the rust off. That's this picture here. He is coming like a refiner's fire to burn away the rust. And we also have at our house, people have given us over the years, silver plate. Do you have any silver plate? We have some, we have some big things that are silver plate. We get rid of them except they say wonderful things on them because they've been gifts. And this silver plate about every six months turns black. You can't use it for anything. You've got to clean it. You got to get the soap out. You got to get the lye out. And you got to put this cream on there that it just takes all that black away. Malachi says, This is what is coming. We've got to clean up the mess. That does not sound like Cracker Jack stuff. Chapter 3, verse 3, we have more. He, the one who's coming, the Messiah, will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi 
and will refine them like gold and silver. This does not sound good. There aren't any details, but something is going to happen to clean up the mess that Malachi has been talking to us about in the first two chapters of his prophecy. After this happens, forget about the timing, after this happens, verse 3 continues, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. And verse 4, and the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in the former years. Crackerjack back again. It's a crazy story. It goes from really good to really bad. Back to really good and then really bad. It's interesting, isn't it? A little frustrating. Nobody tells anybody that we are at the minimum 400 years away from this happening. Now we move on to some judgment talk. Chapter 3, verse 5. Then I, apparently being the Messiah, the Lord God, I will draw near to you for judgment. Now, nobody likes this. First of all, nobody even wants to hear the word judgment anymore. Nobody even wants to let God have any concept of judgment about him. We don't want to judge each other, and we don't want God to judge anybody, because this is nicey-nicey. We want Cracker Jack. And God says, well, I've got to come first in judgment. And in verse 5... He gives us a list of things that he is going to judge. I will be swift witness against the sorcerers. Now, I have no idea why he chooses this list. I didn't make up this list. There's a lot of things in here that I would have put in and other things I would have taken out. But this is God's list. He's coming to judge God's people because there are sorcerers among them. Sorcerers are people who don't follow God. They follow some other spiritual truth. I'm coming to judge them. I'm coming to judge adulterers. No details are given in that. Just God says, i got to take care of this problem. I'm coming to judge those who swear falsely. No details given. Does that mean who tell little lies or big lies or what kind of lies? Lies in courts of law? With no details. The judge is coming for some judgment. And who oppress. Now, this is an interesting one. I'm coming to judge those who oppress. And then he has a whole list of people that get oppressed. I'm going to come and judge those who oppress hired workers in their wages. So you want to pay somebody 50 cents an hour? God says, i got to take care of that. That's oppressing somebody. I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to judge those who oppress the widows. You watch enough TV shows to know here in our wonderful country that if a single woman takes a car in to get repaired, she often pays a little bit more than if a guy takes a car in to get repaired. Well, you want to oppress single women, the widows? God said, I need to come and clean that up. And also the fatherless, orphans, kids who've been left somehow for some reason. 
and they've been oppressed as orphans. I'm coming to clean that up. This is what the judge says. This is a crazy list. This is not a crackerjack thing at all. This is not good. This is bad. And then I'm going to come and, op- and, and judge those who thrust aside the sojourner. You like that one? A sojourner is a refugee. We got a whole world full of refugees right now. There are, some, what, how many million of them? Syrian refugees that are living in Turkey. It's a big mess. Our whole world is filled with refugees. We lived in, in Hungary. All we did was take care of the refugees that came out of Serbia when NATO decided to bomb the country. There are refugees everywhere. And if you want to oppress the refugees, God said, i got to clean that up. Interesting choice, isn't it? And then finally he said, I've come to clean up and to judge those who do not fear, says the Lord God of hosts. You don't have to go too far today. Ask it on any college campus. Do you believe in God? No. No, God. No, God. People advertise that now. We belong to the atheists club. And God said, I could clean this up. This is not Cracker Jack's. I have to clean up this, this mess that's out there surrounding my people. Now, that brings us to what is called the timeline. Now, this is where this gets sticky. When is all this going to happen? And I got to tell you that uh, people write theologies, they write books, they discuss this. When is this going to happen? Let me be the first to tell you, I don't know. Now, we have history on our side. So we can look back and say, well, we know when John the baptizer came, 70 years after John the baptizer came and Jesus came as Messiah, 70 years after that, the Jews were destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Roman army that destroyed Jerusalem. Is that what this is talking about? I don't know. Well, then there are some who say, well, wait a minute, now really the whole judgment of God thing, the judgment of God thing can't come because, you know, Israel doesn't even exist after 70 A.D., So we have to wait for Israel to exist again. Well, that didn't happen until 1946. And now we got Israel existing again in 1946, so any time now, God's going to come and judge Israel. That's 2,000 years later. I don't know. I'm not even sure it's important anymore. Here's what God is saying. God is saying, when I look at my people... When I look at the people who are called according to my name, I don't care whether they're Jews or they're followers of the Messiah, Christ Jesus the Lord. It doesn't make any difference. I want to give them a crackerjack life. I want them to be blessed abundantly with my grace and my mercy and my love. But i got to clean things up from time to time. And there is judgment for those who say they are my people and for the people around them who cause them to stumble and fall. I don't know about the timing, but I know this is what will happen. Right in the middle of this, in verse 6, it is never too late to turn to God. Verse 6, 
For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. God never changes. He is always there to make this invitation. Verse 7. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. The people of Israel say, well, how shall we return? Don't you love this picture? Here is God who offers a crackerjack life. And people who struggle with it. And God says, you know, it's not all crackerjacks. Along the way, there's going to be problems and situations and disappointments and struggles. But I'm there to give you an invitation to just come back to me. To be a part of me. To walk with me. In verse 16, he changes this to, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. And the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. When does that happen? I don't know. Who's that happen to? I don't know. This is all part of this prophecy. All I know is that God is looking for a relational experience with people on this earth. God is looking for a people who will receive his mercy and his grace who don't walk around fearing judgment, who don't fear anything, who walk in the presence of God. And here's the promise, verse 17. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. You know, that's Cracker Jack. You know what that means? That means it doesn't matter how tough the road gets. Doesn't matter for what generation you live in, whether you're an Israeli or whether you're a follower of Jesus, the Messiah that's come to Israel and now to the Gentile community. It doesn't make any difference. God's got the same relationship going with the kingdom of his people. A kingdom of his people through Judaism, a kingdom of his people through through Christ Jesus. I don't know the timing of all this. Verse 18 ends with this. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. This is going to be debated for years and years and years. What does that mean to serve him? What's the list of things i got to do to serve him? People are going to argue with this. People are going to complain and fight with each other about this. But this is really the end of his story. And the problem is that Malachi has no clue as to when this is going to happen. No clue. I want you to put yourself in his place. He stands up there in front of people and he says, i got good news for you. The messenger is coming. And he'll introduce you to the Messiah. And everybody must have said, that's great. That's what we're waiting for. And then he said, but, you know, there's this judgment thing. It won't all be Cracker Jacks. Sometimes there'll be struggles and disappointments, and God has to clean things up. Imagine what Malachi must have thought 30 days after he made the message and nothing happened. 
I wonder if he thought, hmm, I think I made a mistake here. I said God was sending his messenger, but 30 days and he hasn't come. <clears throat> How about a year later? A year later and he hasn't come. How about 10 years later? There's been no messenger and no Messiah. This man has no idea it will be 400 years before the messenger walks on the scene of history and introduces himself and the Messiah. How do you think Malachi went through all this? I got to thinking about him. This guy's a prophet from God. He's the last one. After this, God's not going to talk anymore. Every day he had to go through life looking at what was around him. Every day he had to realize, you know what, this is a mess. You know, it would be great to have the Cracker Jack, but sometimes the Cracker Jacks are not here. It's a struggle. It's just filled with disappointments. It's not working out the way I thought it was going to work out, but I'm keeping after it. Now, there is a chapter four, but I don't want to read it. Except to tell you this. In the Hebrew text, there is no chapter 4. Isn't that fun? So we open up our Bible, we got chapter 4, but the Hebrew Bible doesn't have any chapter 4. They left it all in chapter 3. Let me tell you why there's a chapter 4. Because the people who kind of put all this stuff together, who are the intellectuals, said, you know what, this chapter 4, this chapter 4 seems to be thousands of miles and thousands of years away from Malachi, so maybe we ought to split this off and have this to be something else later, later, much later. Uh, that's not the way Malachi saw it. Malachi just put it all together. No idea of a timeline. Just what God was going to do. The graciousness of God for his people. The bumps along the way. It won't all be Cracker Jack stuff. There'll be some tough times when there's no prize in the box. But we stay with it. So you can read <clears throat> chapter 4, verse 1, and verse 2, and you can figure out <clears throat> where they belong <clears throat> in the whole future of things. Because I don't know. <clears throat> we look at this and we read what people have to say, and we say, well, this is... Still in the future, still yet to come. We haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I don't know that it matters anymore. I just know what we need to do to walk with God. And it won't always be the Cracker Jacks. Having said all this, there is a hush from God. No more prophets for 400 years. God has finished the conversation with his people. It's recorded. It's over. It's over <clears throat> until a crazy, unbelievable day begins with a man named John, who becomes John the Baptizer. I want to read this to you. John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day... He, John, the baptizer, saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, 
Because he was before me, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And when John the baptizer speaks those words, he kind of brings to culmination what Malachi had said. The messenger is coming, and he will present his Messiah. You want to hear what that Messiah had to say? Because John, the gospel writer John, in chapter 12, verse 36, quotes Jesus. Let me read it. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. Oh, the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who has sent him. He has given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. This is about a God who loves his people. Whether they be Israel or this thing called the church. God loves his people. And he says it's not always going to be the prize in the box and the sweet coating on everything in your life. Walk with me. Stay with me. There is an end, and it will be completed in God's time. That's good news, isn't it? So I want to introduce you, since I told you about Cracker Jacks, to something else. You got that last picture? This is a bar-headed goose. Anybody have one of these in their backyard? You don't, so don't lie. But you all know what geese are, right? You've all seen geese. We happen to live in a territory where geese fly overhead regularly, don't they? They're Canadian geese. This is not a Canadian geese. This is a bar-headed goose. Now I want to tell you about these geese. This is unbelievable. These geese make a flight every year from India all the way in to Mongolia. They fly over the top of the Himalayas. They fly the highest flying bird in the world at 20,000 plus feet. That's impossible for a bird to fly that high. They fly that high. There's one-third of the oxygen there that the animal needs to live on. But they manage somehow. And get this, they fly at night. What, just to make it more fun? <laughs> they fly some 350 miles in eight hours. How do they do that in temperature that would freeze the skin? How do they do that? And the answer is, God made them that way. God prepared them for this journey. I got wonderful news for us. We're on a journey like a bar-headed goose. We're on a journey from birth to death. And guess what? God has prepared us for the journey. We've got all we need. It's not Cracker Jack. 
There's going to be days of frustration and struggle, sometimes misery and disappointment. But we're prepared. After this last word, we're going to open the New Testament, and of all the things, we're going to look at the gospel writer John's letter called 1 John. And what he talks about in 1 John is how God prepares us to make the journey. It's going to be fabulous. It actually all fits together. And I just want to tell you one other thing. What is so remarkable when you see those Canadian geese fly overhead? What's the one thing that just sticks in your mind that you have to stop driving the car and you have to look at them? Why? What is it? What is it, Michael? They fly the V. The bar-headed geese fly the V, too. No loners. They fly in the V. I think that's why we come to church on Sunday. Because we're going to make this trip from birth to death with a living Messiah. And we're going to fly it in a V with one another. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Cracker Jacks would be great every day. A little prize for us every day would be great, Lord. But some days we struggle. Some days are painful. Some days hurt. And yet, Lord God, you have given us such a great promise that we will see your mercy, your love, your care for us and for as long as it takes for those that come after us until your program finishes on earth. And we thank you that we have this little time to make the journey with others and bring glory and bless your name. Through Jesus who is our Savior and our Lord. Amen. choose to be